I am a strong black woman, and I still believe in black love. Although I'm not just waiting around for love to find me, I believe in cultivating black love. Hi everyone, my name is Mel Williams. And if you are watching this video, it's because you decided to make an investment in yourself and purchase my Black Love History 101 course. So congratulations to you, kudos for you. So my platform specializes in pretty much helping us Black community, the Black community, understand how our historical ties and context, more particularly to slavery, ties into what we are seeing and experiencing today in our love and relationship lives. So again, kudos to you for making the investment to learning and understanding um, our Black history and how it is still impacting us today, present day, um, specifically when it comes to love and relationships, all right? So I want to try to keep this video as short as possible and get you the information that you need um, to lay that solid foundation. So I am going to go ahead and share my screen with you and get the video started. So the video is going to involve two quick short videos and then I will dive into um, each one, okay? So let's go ahead and watch the first video. Toya, this just in from our higher network. For the past several years, there has been a consistent trending pattern of Black women excelling in education and in the workforce, creating an enormous gap between her fellow counterpart and Black man, unlike any other disparity in comparison to any other racial group. I'm receiving some numbers here. Hold on. Okay, it says that 42% of black women have never been married. Black women are five times more likely to be single in their 40s. And again, the more education and success black women achieve, the smaller her chances of finding success in love, marriage, and maybe starting her own family seem to be. And in addition to that, there are statistics showing that the black man has a 50-50% chance of either going to college or ending up in jail. So that's another factor that seems to be limiting the pool of options black women have when it comes to finding marital success and happiness. So again, while black women are more likely to excel in education and careers, they have continued to rank lowest for marital success. These statistics are quite frankly alarming, especially for the black woman, but also for the community as a whole. It's got many black people scratching their heads, especially the black woman as to what's really the underlying issue and why we continue to see a downward spiraling trend instead of the numbers improving over the years. All right, so that was the first um, short little video that I had for you guys. And now let's talk about that a little bit. So the first thing I want to note is that 42% number um, as of 2018, the number for percentage of black women being unmarried or never getting married is now at 48%. So over the years, um, there has been a trend that is going in the wrong direction, obviously, um, for the Black community when it comes to pretty much finding happiness. So I want to speak to the Black woman and to the Black man. So to the Black woman, as you just saw, the numbers and trends are not in our favor. 
um, is pretty much showing overall picture overall the black woman is the most likely to not find success in her life when it comes to marriage and starting a family or a uh, I guess cohesive family union so we have a bunch of you know single baby mamas out there we have a bunch of single parent homes or a bunch of just single women in general but we don't see too much according to these numbers and according to what you're familiar with in your own experiences you might find it to be true as well that we don't see a whole lot of happily married black women that are in successful marriages. And another factor to that is, again, the more successful um, and more educated a black woman seems to be, the higher her chances of remaining single and again, not having a family. Some of the other factors to consider, now I'm talking to my black men in the video, is that black men have a 50-50% chance of either going to college, getting a better education, or going to jail. And we already know how prevalent it is for the black man to be considered a target, a walking target, and to be constantly racially profiled. Um, we already know that in the court systems that black people get a harsher sentencing and this is even true in schools for black children, they get a harsher penalty than people that are of lighter complexions because again, black children, black people are just in general considered more of a threat. And again, this all ties back to racial bias, racist beliefs and our history, okay? The history of this country, the history of the black people here in this country. So I would like for you to think about I have my son notes written over here to help keep me on track. But think about these numbers. When you heard these numbers, that 48% of women being unmarried or never marrying, was that surprising to you? Did you find that surprising or was that something that you already knew? Okay, so think about that. And if you are a black woman, this helps you to kind of realize and accept that, hey, you are not crazy for wondering why am I always single? Or why is it so hard for me to find a compatible partner? Um, the, statistics, the statistics and the numbers are showing clearly that a large percentage of women are experiencing the exact same problem, the exact same issue. So it's not just an isolated event, it's a much bigger problem. And that's kind of the goal of my platform here is to find a resolution and to find a solution, create a solution for this problem, okay? Um, the other thing that I have here is, do you agree or disagree with the content that was provided? So take a minute to assess, you know, do you agree or disagree? Maybe think about why. If you disagree with the um, information that was provided, you might want to do your own research so you can come to, you know, again, your own conclusions on that. And if you agree, then great, because you understand where I'm coming from and we can go ahead and continue to move forward, okay? So if you disagree, take a minute real quick to do some of your own research on the numbers, you know, Google search. U.S. Census Bureau, that's where these numbers are coming from, and find out, you know, make sure that you get a clear understanding of these numbers for yourself, okay? Don't just take what I'm saying, do your own research, get the information for yourself, all right? So I already asked you guys if any of the information was surprising, and again, do your own research if you have to. Next, I would like to share a little bit of the Willie Lynch story, or if you've ever heard of the book called The Making of a Slave. All right, so Willie Lynch was a slave owner from the Caribbean. He had a, um, what do you call it, a plantation down in the West Indies. And the Virginian colonizers in the Americas, the early Americas at that time, realized that he was a very good slave owner and he knew how to keep control of the slaves that he had. So they invited him to come to speak in Virginia and share his method for creating a slave, the making of a slave or the Willie Lynch letters. It's a short book. I recommend that everybody reads it. 
because it gives a very graphic depiction, which I'm about to share with you, about what it was like to be a Black person and to be made into um, property back in that day. So pretty much Willie Lynch, when he arrived to the colonists, he told them, hey, you know, you guys are killing too many slaves because your slave is pretty much your free labor is pretty much making you a free economy and you have to realize the value of your slaves and don't kill them because you know they're being well first of all the colonists they invited him to come speak because the slaves were you know rebelling the slaves were running away the slaves were causing so much heartache and trouble for the slave owners and the Virginian colonizers didn't know how to handle that. So they found themselves killing the slaves. And of course that was hurting their inventory and that was hurting their ability to, you know, have free labor done for them because they were killing the people that were doing it. Um, so that's why they invited Willie Lynch to come speak. Willie Lynch said, hey, you have to realize a couple things. So he taught them a couple principles. Some of the principles that Willie Lynch taught them was to create division between the black man and the black woman, which is what we see today. And we'll get more into that. Some of the principles that he said to create division on involved um, color, colorism, where, hey, to create division between the darker skin and the lighter skin um, of the black community members create division between the man and the woman, which is what we're really gonna focus on. Create division on any little thing, pretty much the height, the way that they speak, their education, you know, level of education, have some more educated than the other. Um, all of these methods to create division between the black community were instilled um, and taught by this man called Willie Lynch to the slave owners to help them keep better control of the slave. Now, when it came to the black man and the black woman, Here's the process in detail that Willie Lynch prescribed. He said, take two of the biggest, strongest, most threatening looking black men that you can find. Take the biggest, strongest one of them and in front of the whole entire community of the rest of the slaves that you own and maybe in front of everybody publicly, humiliate both of them. So for one of them, you are going to whip him, beat him, humiliate him, however you want to pretty much. Then he said, tar and feather him, set him on fire, tie his arms or in his legs, you know, to his opposite arms, opposite legs to an animal, a horse and beat that horse until that horse literally tears his body apart and in half. And you have your whole entire community watching this. You, maybe you have the mother of your child. Um, now I'm talking to the black man. Maybe you have the mother of your child. You have your child, you have your mother, your father, whoever that slave owner owned, they had a pretty much a public showing of this humiliation happening publicly in front of everybody, okay? So that's what's happening to one of the black men, the biggest, strongest, most threatening one, because remember the slave owners are sending a message that, hey, the biggest, I can take the biggest, strongest one of you and literally rip you apart. That's how powerful I am. So I'm gonna, you know, again, trying to keep control. Then the second black man that they had, they said, whip him within an inch of his life, but keep him alive. And then pretty much use him as breeding for breeding purposes to continue to make more, to continue to impregnate the black woman and to create pretty much more slaves, okay? for the slave owner. That's kind of how that process worked. Now, what do we have happening here? Obviously, again, for the black man, we have the humiliation and the breaking down of the black man. He is stripped of his ability to protect. He is stripped of his power and pretty much his manhood. He is stripped of his ability to provide. And again, this is all very intentional, an intentional process to reverse the psychology of the man being the man, not just in the mind of the man, but also in the mind of the woman and the children. And 
the community as a whole, okay? So you're not just stripping and breaking down the man as the man, if he even survives the experience, you're also stripping down the identity, the manhood, and what makes that man a man in front of the community, in front of the woman, in front of his children. All right, so that's for you, my black men. Now for my black women, what's happening here is that Willie Lynch also taught the slave owners, hey, we need to reverse the psychological roles of the black man and the black woman. So now you have the black man that's broken down, feeling weak. And again, they wanted intentionally to pick the most threatening, biggest, powerful man because they wanted to send a message to those men that feel that maybe I'm strong enough, maybe I'm powerful enough to overthrow, to run away, to protect the woman. Hey, if you even so much as try this, this is what's gonna happen to you. You're just gonna be made an example of, okay? So again, the man is being stripped of his manhood. He's not going to, he's gonna think twice about exhibiting any sort of strength, any sort of manliness, speaking up, any sort of power trying to protect the black woman, trying to provide for her. He's gonna think twice about that because he sees this is what's going to happen to him. If it could happen to a man that's the biggest, strongest, baddest man out there, and he sees happening to him then hey you know how much more how much worse can be done to me okay so that's what's happening to the black man in this process now for the black woman she sees that hey the strongest baddest man maybe if he was my man just got ripped apart in half literally in front of my eyes or just got beat within an inch of his life and I'm just thankful that he's alive now so in the mind of the black woman the slave owners wanted to empower her to pretty much take on the mentality of the black man. So that's where we have the strong independent black woman where the black woman feels she constantly has to step up or be assertive or some might call it being aggressive. The black woman constantly has to step up and kind of play the role of the man. That's what the slave owners wanted intentionally. They wanted her to feel some sort of power so that she could protect the black man from ever having to need to maybe protect her or to ever, you know, be looked at as a threat. Otherwise his life would be threatened because remember these black men are the children of some of these women. These black men are the brothers, the fathers of some of these women. So the women are going to naturally want to protect, you know, the members of their family, the men that they love. So they're going to say, hey, automatically the black man is seen as a threat, he can automatically be killed. But I'm a woman, they don't see me as threatening. So if I'm the one that's maybe speaking up or taking care of, you know, whatever needs to get done, then maybe I can protect, you know, the black man. And of course, there are other means where the slave owners kind of told the woman, hey, you know, sleep with me or whatever, and I'll spare your husband's life or that man that you love's life, stuff like that was going on, okay? But now getting back to the black woman, Willie Lynch taught the slave owners that, hey, the black woman is the main key to economics, okay? Because black women bear children, right? The black woman continue to, in the eyes of the slaveholders, produce more of the free labor because she's going to produce children and then she's going to raise those children, all right? So part of Willie Lynch's plan was once this black woman produces children, that she automatically starts to instill in these children how to act and how to behave as a slave. So that was the other part of his plan when it came to the black woman being key and central to his plan is that, hey, this doctrine that I'm teaching you of creating a slave, the mentality, the entrapment, mental entrapment of a slave is going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy eventually once we do it long enough because the black woman is going to raise her black 
daughters to be like her, to be strong, to not rely on the man because, hey, the man has been shown to be useless. He can't help the woman. He can't do anything for the woman because if he so much as tries, that's pretty much his life. So pretty much you have in the mind or the eyes of the Black woman, the Black man is torn down to the point where he is seen as useless or disregarded or, you know, not respected or appreciated because, you know, he's not seen of any value. He can't do anything for her. All right. And that's kind of what we see happening today, don't we? We see the Black man. He feels um, disrespected. He doesn't feel appreciated by the Black woman. And oftentimes he's written off and disregarded as useless because Black women feel that, hey, he can't do anything for me. Or if he can't do X, Y, and the third for me, then what do I need him for? So this is kind of where we start to see from history to present day, some of the same things that's still happening, the same mentalities is that, hey, strong black independent woman, hey, there's a man that I don't need, he can't do this for me, don't need him, okay? So some of the similarities that we see still happening today, all right? And then the black woman would raise her sons to not be so strong and outspoken. She would raise her sons to be kind of more feminine, if you will, okay? So she was raising her daughters to be more masculine, raising her sons to be more feminine, because again, it was a matter of life and death back then, okay? And this was the intentional design and psychology and mind reversal that Willie Lynch was teaching the slave owners to instill into their slaves so that, again, it would be a sort of revolving, self-fulfilling prophecy happening over and over again without the slave owners having to repeat, you know, start from scratch over and over. And this mentality, this psychological mind reversal has still clearly shown up in present day because the numbers to me they don't lie if you look at the numbers the black community is the only one when it comes to family and marriage and even finances in 30 years um the black community's net worth is set to be zero okay that's a big fat zero <laughs> for the black community's net worth and why is the black community the only one that's impacted so much by these sort of numbers and statistics when it comes to finances, when it comes to family. And again, we just have to make the connection that the black community has had a very unique experience, especially here in America. And because we haven't specifically addressed these unique experiences and these issues and these concerns, whether it's, you know, on an individual internal level with, you know, traumas that you might be experiencing or whether it's on a grand scale level. Until we address these issues, we are always going to continue to see these patterns reoccurring and happening in our communities. And it's because we haven't addressed these issues. Okay, so we really just need to face and address these issues. All right. So I hope that what I've said, it provides a great um, insight and overview for how what we see happening in our love lives, in our relationships and experiences that we're having, how what you might have experienced already in your relationships um, ties to history. So if you are a Black man and you constantly feel that you are meeting with women that have attitudes, that are the strong independent women that don't need a man, blah, 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 blah. Those are things that have been passed down a mentality and mindset that has been passed down from generation to generation. Because back, back then, Black women were pretty much conditioned to emasculate the Black man, okay? That's pretty much what was happening. The Black man was being emasculated um, within his mind and then in front of the entire community publicly. So Black women have pretty much been conditioned, conditioned for centuries to um, 
emasculate the black man. And then, you know, slavery was like, what, 200 and some years, right? And then, of course, you know, 200 and some years additional. On top of that, we still see the pattern of where black women, to a large degree, have this large stereotype of emasculating the black man to this day. All right. And then if you are a black woman, then as far as how it ties to present day is that we a lot to a large degree, the black men will say, hey, we don't feel appreciated and respected. The black woman, hey, she feels that she constantly has to step up and assert herself or to like be the breadwinner, be the provider. She constantly feels that she has to take on the role of the man because he just isn't there. And think about it. Back then, the black man literally he was either right there, you know, on the plantation with her, but he really wasn't there because he wasn't allowed to be. Okay, so pretty much we have the black woman, if you're a black woman, to be conditioned to not rely on the black man, to not need him for anything, to not even like trust him, to be there, to be present, you know, to be a present father, to be present in the relationship, to be present whatsoever. So I will say to my men out there that feel that, you know, the whole ghosting and the whole, you know, leaving and abandonment and all that. Um, if you feel that that's one of the strategies that's gonna benefit you when it comes to relationships with especially the black woman, think twice because she's already been conditioned to not, you know, feel like you're going to be present to not feel like you're reliable and all those other things. So if you find a good woman, make sure that you're not ghosting or doing any sort of thing that's gonna make her feel like you're not gonna be there because you're just playing into that underlying conditioning that she's already had, okay? So with that said, I feel like I kind of covered that fairly well. I think that um, we're going to get ready to move into the second video because, again, I don't want this video to be too long. But something that I have to ask you guys is to think about and to consider, do you feel that you can see history still playing out in a way when with the way that Black men and Black women interact. And I kind of already just covered some of the ways that we interact today and how history still plays into and ties into that. So take a minute, once you can, to think about that from your own experiences. What have you seen that can kind of tie back to the way that Black men and Black women were being conditioned way back when, okay? So take a minute to think about that as we get ready to move into the other one. The next question that I have is, what are some ways understanding our history may help change the way that we interact when it comes to dating the opposite sex? So again, take a couple minutes to just digest after watching these videos, take a minute to digest what you are learning and what you are hearing and making that connection and think about how it might change the way you interact with the opposite sex once you understand that, hey, maybe this isn't all completely them. Um, again, slavery happened you know, centuries ago, but I feel that we kind of write off the truth and the fact that we are still experiencing and dealing with the realities and the traumas of it. The racist beliefs um, that you know started slavery is evident still today. It hasn't gone away. It's still very much so present, um, unfortunately, in all sorts of levels of our society in the courtroom, in our lawmakers, in our law enforcement, in schools, on the job, is prevalent everywhere. It hasn't gone away. And so we have to just accept and address and deal with the reality that all of this, like what happened back then, slavery, there are still things happening today that relates or that ties back to it that we can relate to and tie back to that. And just because slavery happened centuries ago doesn't mean that we're not still impacted and affected by that when it comes to our loving relationships and on an individual level. Okay, so think about those two questions 
Again, the last question was, what are some ways understanding our history may help change the way that you interact when it comes to dating members of the opposite sex, all right? And so with that, let's go ahead and get into our second video real quick.